Welcome to Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, we're headed to the very northeast in our Haunted America tour, the home of Stephen King and a terrible memory of camping in my youth, Maine. (laughs) We're going to be talking about a whole island this week, the haunted Boone Island off the coast of York, Maine. Boone Island is a small rocky island that is only 300 feet by 700 feet at low tide. It's also home to the tallest lighthouse in New England, called the very practical and factual name of Boone Island Light. Straight to the point. (laughs) Straight to the point. Very straightforward. I like it. (laughs) Back in 1799, there was a wooden day beacon erected on the island, but it only lasted for five years before storms demolished it. At 14 feet high, the island has been known to have violent seas literally throw boulders onto its surface, destroying anything in sight. In 1811, a stone lighthouse was built instead and stood 32 feet high. In 1831, it was renovated and became 49 feet high instead. Unfortunately, damage from the storms also destroyed this structure. I mean, if you're having giant rocks thrown at you. Yeah, I mean. I thought of the Hobbit for some reason. Like, <laughs> the, stone, the stone mountains throw rocks at <laughs> you. I don't know what made me think of that. It was just Just very visual. Just the sea and the island fighting. Yeah, that's exactly what I see. Yeah. Finally, what we know today as Boone Island Light was built in 1854 with massive granite blocks to hopefully withstand the elements. (laughs) All in all, by the end of construction, it stood at 133 feet tall. As you can likely imagine, a place with such a terrible history of storms and destruction was not exactly a pleasant place to reside. Boone Island was home to many lighthouse keepers who often came and went with increasing frequency. Tragedy didn't begin on this island with the lighthouse, however. There were shipwrecks on this island as early as 1682. A coastal trading vessel called Increase crashed near the island and four survivors found refuge on its shores. The survivors were three Europeans and one Native American. While on the island, they ate fish and gulls' eggs to survive. The survivors spent one month on the island before finally attracting attention with a fire. They were rescued and brought to York, Maine. This story actually brought the island its name. The survivors said that their rescue was a boon, and thus called the island Boone Island. Which is a very positive way of looking at it. Yeah, a good outlook, for yeah, sure. definitely. On being <laughs> a castaway. Um, in, in a darker turn... In December of 1710, there was another shipwreck when a British merchant ship called Nottingham Galley sunk. The ship was captained by John Dean, and it said that Dean was planning to wreck the ship on purpose to get insurance money over by France. When his crew, including his first mate Christopher Langman, found out, they mutinied, and they forced Dean to go to Boston as their original plan. This ultimately led to their shipwreck on Boone Island. All 14 men survived the wreck, but two did die from their injuries later on. Another two men died when they attempted to reach the mainland in a man-made raft, but they sadly drowned. The remaining men were able to stay alive for 24 days until they were rescued. While it is great that they survived, their survival is almost as gruesome as death. Since it was December, 
the crew had to deal with harrowing wintry weather, and they had no food or fire. The men resorted to cannibalism to survive. They ate the body of the carpenter, who was one of the men who had died from injuries on arrival. Oh, man. Bleh, sorry. Yeah, it just, cannibalism. Yeah, you know, you don't think you don't think you're gonna go there when we're talking about a lighthouse. It's just, but alas, what a twist! Cannibalism. Yikes! Oh, so this wreck supposedly caused local fishermen to start leaving provisions on the island in case of future wrecks. Which good on them, right? I mean, honestly, if I found out that there was cannibalism on a small island that was nearby, I'd probably do the same because. Maybe just leave a few granola bars. Yeah, something. just just some things that people do not have some to rice crispy treats. Cannibalism. Just something. I can't even imagine a situation in which I would resort to that. I'm sure there are like obviously these men were in desperate, desperate situations. Yeah. Um, but it's still crazy to, to get think about. Um, to imagine how crazy it would be to get to that point like yeah just, just we can't fathom it no right now sitting in our like comfortable cozy Aaron's comfortable yeah. <laughs> office with a fridge fully stocked like five feet away but you yeah. know it's just it's crazy to me so another famous wreck happened much later in 1944 when a british freighter named empire knight ran aground on the island the interesting thing about this wreck was that in 1990, the U.S. Coast Guard learned that the ship had been meant to carry 221 flasks of mercury, which was holding about 7,620 kilograms of mercury. When they investigated, they learned that the flasks had deteriorated, releasing the mercury into the water. An estimated 16,000 pounds of mercury remain uncovered today, and it's believed to have settled at a low point of the cargo hold underwater. So there's just a whole bunch of mercury that would be bad. off the coast of Maine. When we were researching this, she, Aaron told me about the flasks of mercury. And I was like, did you know that Japanese and Chinese emperors used to take capsules of mercury? Because they thought it would make them live forever. To which I responded, Ooh, awkward. Because it definitely <laughs> did. that did not work. Yeah, I'm basically going to crack open a thermometer and drink what's inside and hope I live Ooh. forever. Yeah, it, it will do the opposite. Opposite. So I hope that that water, that mercury never gets oh, out of the right? freighter. That's, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Bad news bears. So now you may be thinking, well, this is already a whole lot of darkness. Dark tales, dark stories. But we haven't even gotten to the hauntings yet. So let's start with what might be the most famous haunting story for the island. In the 1840s, Luke Bright was the lighthouse keeper. Perfect name to operate a lighthouse. Right? Luke Bright. Yeah. And he brought his new wife, Catherine, to live with him on the island. In December, there was a terrible nor'easter storm, and Luke said that he needed to make his way from their home on the island to the lighthouse itself so he could be sure to light the lamp. He wanted to guide the ship safely in the terrible storm. Which is so nice. Well, I mean, I know that's his job, but also, like... He could have Did, just pieced yeah, out and exactly. been like, out, yeah. So he tied a rope to his waist and he went out. While he was trying to secure a bolt in the tower, he slipped and he drowned. Catherine, who had the other end of the rope, pulled Luke's body back to the tower and sat with him. It is said that she held his hand and kept the light in the tower going for five days before running out of fuel. When people noticed the light had gone out, fishermen came to the island to check on them and found Luke dead and Catherine and Catherine nearly frozen to death right beside him. She had never left his side. It was negative 10 degrees in the tower, and she died shortly after being found. Keepers on the island ever since have reported hearing a woman's voice crying out, Luke, Catherine searching for her husband, 
Some people have also reported hearing a knock on the door in the home on the island, and upon opening it, they see an apparition of a woman floating away to the tower. When keepers have been unable to make it to the tower to light the lamp on stormy nights, they report seeing the lamp was already turned on, as if a ghostly presence did it for them to ensure their safety. Foghorns have also been known to go off on their own. This haunting is surprising because it hasn't really scared people. Instead, people report feelings of well-being and being looked after. If Catherine is the ghost haunting this island, it's because she doesn't want others to meet the same fate as her husband. Despite these positive feelings, during the years of 1910 and 1920, three families lived on the island as keepers, and each family lost a family member while living there. Two had sons die, and one had a wife die. It leads one to wonder whether it's just the safety and weather of this place, or if something darker might be going on. Some keepers have brought pets to the island before, but no dogs or cats would ever go near, let alone inside, the tower. And if we know anything, it's trust the animals. Yeah, 100%. Definitely trust (laughs) the animals when it comes to paranormal stuff. Yeah, places or people. I'm always going to go with what an animal decides about the place or the person. (laughs) They can absolutely see things that we can't. Yeah. Uh, So in 1978, the island's last two keepers dealt with a terrible storm and only narrowly escaped death by seeking refuge in the top of the tower with a lamp. All structures on the island were destroyed. It damaged fuel tanks, a helicopter pad, a generator, the boathouse, and boat launch. This finally led to the decision to make the tower automated, which... Maybe they could, well, I don't know exactly how far (laughs) things were. But maybe it should have been a a long time. Yeah. So... The lighthouse now sits alone on the empty island and is powered with solar power. It flashes every five seconds in hopes to avoid any future shipwrecks. There are no tours of this island, and the only way to reach it would be by air or sea, which you would have to arrange on your own, and at your own risk. You know, believe it or not, this might be the one location that I'm not sure I want to go visit. (laughs) Well, that's... That's one of the things that I think is fascinating about this location. It's this discrepancy between people having these really positive feelings and almost feeling like they're being looked after and taken care of, and all of the death and destruction that this island just lives in. Yeah. It's it's honest, it's like Siren's Call. Like, yeah. everything's fine, it's great, don't worry, you're looked after, and then like, boom, there's a hurricane and you're dead. <laughs> So a fun side note for any of our listeners, (laughs) it's always fun when Abby and I get spooked while recording these. We were just talking about like Siren's Call. And And then it sounded like there was a crash in my house. We are the only people here. I have visual on three of the four pets. (laughs) And the fourth pet is the smallest, lightest pet who would probably not make any kind of noise and i see no disturbance it sounded like a cat hissing to me but chloe doesn't really hiss well, so i don't she has she has his but she, i've never seen her hiss at well, nothing she, if all the animals are within eyesight what's she we hissing at we literally just talked about how animals are the ones to trust because they, tr- they see things and that they trigger 
my goodness. I kind of have goosebumps. Ooh. <sighs> okay. Okay. Back to the lighthouse All of right. destruction. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't remember what we were saying. I mean, I'm a little scattered now, but yeah. But basically, I mean, we were talking about the the overwhelming feelings people have being on the island. Like, yes. even though there's a pretty consistent track record of death and destruction and cannibalism, like, yeah, people feel like, oh, it's fine. Like, <laughs> also. The crazy thing to me, okay, I get that this was very, very long ago, 1710, obviously, they, it's not always as easy to travel, and they were on ship, and there were terrible storms, I get it. Yeah. But Boone Island is not that far from the mainland. Y- so, yeah. there's something really dark about the visual of thinking about the proximity they were to land, mm-hmm. and the... And oh my gosh. Oh my god. Was that Chloe? It was. Why is she crying? Oh, I'm so freaked out. I'm so freaked out I right mean, now. I mean, Moomoo's not freaking Her dog, Aaron's dog, is not freaking out. And dogs are pretty. If like something was up, I feel like Moomoo would be alert too. But why is she crying? Chloe! Oh my god. That was weird. That was so creepy. I might keep some of this in. I don't even know. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Oh. But now I'm trying to think of like, what's the proximity between lighthouses and cats? And why is she freaking out that we're talking yeah. about lighthouses? Oh my but gosh. it's not. But anyway, I was talking about... Cat, it's water. Cats don't like water. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> yeah, but like the fact that you are... That they were so close, close to, land. to land. And they resorted to such depths. Yeah, and I, I guess you think of... I, I mean the water that far north of the Atlantic is pretty treacherous. Like, oh, it yeah. would not be swimmable. Like, no. obviously, the men who tried on the raft. cold. It was also December. Yeah. Heck, yeah. You're basically in Canada waters, basically, yeah. by that point. And, yeah, so I just... Yeah, to be so close and yet so far, how much would that mess it's with, so like... It's sad. Yeah, it's very sad. And also, talk about the story of... Luke and Catherine. Luke's my husband's name, so I was just like, oh. I know, when I was writing this, I actually thought about you, and I was so like, So don't go to the lighthouse, Luke! <laughs> the ships are on their own. So. so, it's, this is also really sad. All of these stories are just sad. Yeah. Because it's, it's said, so Catherine was alive when the fishermen mm-hmm. found her, but she was very close to death, she was almost frozen to death, and apparently she was mad. Like, she was mm. out of her mind, which... I mean, if you're freezing to death and it, you've been laying with your dead husband for five days in the freezing cold, I can see that too. That would do something to but your psyche, I'm pretty sure. The fact that she kept the lighthouse going. Yeah. And for five days, she, mm-hmm. and that meant that she had to go up and down stairs, mm. 167 steps up and down. and down, 167 each time with fuel. Mm. And she did that and then would spend time with her dead husband. She also had to bring her dead husband up with the rope. Because that's when, to yeah. the lamb. Because that's like, where they found her at the top? Yes. Oh, they wow. found her at the top with the lamb. Mm. And so. How? I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, there, for me, there are so many questions there, like, about the actual strength. Like, clearly she must have been in shock and she was going through emotions, but she was also... Like, 
she also was able to tell the fisherman kind of like what happened a little bit, but she was also kind of out of her mind. So she was saying some crazy things Hmm. and I mean, it was negative 10 and she had been up there for, for, you know, however long. And so that whole thing is so sad, but there is something kind of nice about the idea that if she is the ghost haunting that she's actually just trying to help people and yeah. stop that from happening again like when maybe more currently when the families would need to go light the lamp they would find it already lit like yeah. she was like stand like sentinel like standing guard and taking care of it so yeah. other people wouldn't like come to the so same people fate wouldn't have to go out in treacherous yeah. times there was also one story i came across of an actual fisherman who said that like the light of the lighthouse helped him in a storm and he found out later that there was nobody manning it. Oh, wow. Yeah. But he was like, but, but the, the light, light was literally on. helped me. It literally is the reason I am not dead right now. Yeah. Shipwrecked. That's... And they were like, but there's no, there there was no light. That's just kind of a crazy thing to like, how could you explain that? Like, there's no reason that that light would turn on without a human manning it or right. some someone, something Not until after it. the late 70s when they automated yeah, it. Yeah, made it... But any time before that, like, there were many stories of the families who lived there and people out in sea saying, no, this, this happened. Yeah. And, and that's not, it's not like, it, it, it can't just light by accident. You have to yeah. bring fuel there. It's, <laughs> it's large. Yeah. There's, there's a process. You can't just accidentally have a lighthouse go uh, off. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This place is also just seeped in tragedy and sadness and some intrigue too the fact that there's mercury under the so yeah i was wondering about like i couldn't find a ton about this like is the freight freighter still there and they just haven't been able so so when it it got it ran aground and basically it broke in two kind of like the titanic and and parts of it went and sunk in different places and very much like the titanic actually um but it wasn't until almost 50 years later that they even registered what was on the ship like the u.s coast guard didn't find out until almost 50 years later that oh by the way there was a ton of mercury fyi on board that ship yeah and they immediately investigated. So I have got to wonder why they didn't know. I couldn't find much about this at all besides just the very bare facts, which to me kind of leads me to think more conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Because I'm like, if if that's the case, and that is the case, like those are the facts that happened, but there's no information about why it was being sent, why it was hidden, why nobody found out, yeah. all this stuff. I want to know, like... What what classified material got unclassified that then made this we need like investigation Nicholas Cage to find yes. a treasure map buried in the bottles of mercury. <laughs> I be, I mean I I always you hear stuff like that's so like there's buried treasure like it's got it there's something something in there that was like a secret that has to be that you know went down with the went down also, with the boat. Talking about intrigue, the fact that. Um, also, the fact that John Dean made a plot to get insurance money 
and bef- and was then mutinied. So that actually, if any of you are Patreon subscribers or want to be, there is a whole episode we have in one of our It's a Conspiracy episodes where Abby shares this like awesome conspiracy <laughs> about the Titanic yeah. again. So the Titanic that's exactly what I thought of again. Yeah. And I thought of that too. And it's, you know, definitely listen to that episode to learn more about it, but it's about this like potential idea that there was an insurance fraud thing. And apparently that's something that's very common with, with ships. ships. Yeah. And that, so when I read this, I automatically thought of that too and thought back to that episode that we recorded and also kind of got chills at thinking about the fact that if he had just been able to pull this off, all of them would probably still be alive. alive. Yeah. And the fact that his crew mutinied him to keep to the original plan of going to Boston is actually what led to their, to their downfall. Death. Yeah. Oh, that's and really... And cannibalism. So tragic. Like, they thought yeah. that... They, yeah, they probably, like, we're doing the right thing. They were like, no, we're we're gonna stay the course, and we won't let him do this. No insurance fraud. fraud on our boat. Oh, boy. And that's just... there Again, I think there's so much tragedy surrounding yeah. this island, and all of the stories about this island are just so tragic. Yeah, right now I'm, I'm looking at pictures of the Boone Island lighthouse, and we'll put them on our Facebook and our Instagram so you can see. But just, like, looking through the pictures, like, it's it's got, like, a beauty around, of it, for yeah. sure. Obviously, it's, like, the, the island itself is not, like, lush or anything. <laughs> when you say the word island, it's not what you would it's be rocky. thinking of. It's rocky. It's small. It's, there's yeah. not a lot to it. Obviously, anything that they would use as a resource would have to be... For, for the lighthouse. Yes. Yeah. Like, but, like, I mean, they would have to ship everything oh, yeah. in. Like, you can't grow anything. <laughs> there's it's no like, stores. There's yeah. <laughs> no stores. It's literally the lighthouse and and even, like, the most current picture, it looked like there there's no longer the the lightman's house is not there anymore the idea of lighthouses always have this kind of solemnness attached to it they're like singular light sources in a storm and isolated and there's a lighthouse keeper who is isolated from society yeah and, and i think whenever i think of lighthouses and people associated with lighthouses i think there is this kind of trend of thinking about solemn Mm -hmm. stories remote yeah i i think it's it's not that surprising to hear about some tragic stories associated with a place like this because Mm -hmm. i have that kind of notion of lighthouses in my mind but at the same time the fact that every single story associated with this place has its own level of darkness yeah. is, I think, a little bit above and beyond. Which I also have to think about, like, the name of the boon. Like, a boon is, like, if I, it was yeah. not a word, like, usually it's so used. ironic. But it's, like, boon, like, synonyms of boon are, like, blessing, godsend, bonus, benefit, advantage, asset, luxury, windfall, state and of luck. not what I would think about. Well, according to its track record, none of those things are true. But it is also interesting to think about it in that light, that these survivors who found the island and were able to survive and be rescued rescued. off of there Mm -hmm. saw that as a a means to their survival. I guess you could say that about the the other crews that 
were able to survive there, but... But also think, I mean, like, for for every shipwreck that took place on the island, think about how many the lighthouse prevented. That's also true, because a lighthouse in and of itself is something that's supposed to prevent those things, and our resident ghost Catherine is actively trying to prevent (laughs) prevent those. those And we have stories of people who say, I was saved by this lighthouse. And so there's this juxtaposition of of this place kind of being a savior place Mm -hmm. and also being a tragic place. Yeah. Which, I mean, I I think, I just think back to kind of like ocean lore, like tales of the sea of like siren, siren call. Sometimes siren call is like a good thing. Like it's, it's that kind of the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the call to adventure, the call to, to, for desire to go out adventure yeah it's adventure is calling then also it's like in the odyssey it's the call to right a a demise to a death so i mean as far as that goes with like paranormal of the sea there's lots of things like lots of mystery involved i think and i guess if you think about it you can't really have a place that is known for being a place of of saving people and a boon and the the savior of people without there being some sort of tragedy to save people from yeah saving yeah why is it a safe haven or yeah there has there has to be something it's safe from so i guess i guess it makes sense that there is this kind of duality in this location Mm -hmm. well and i think even the pictures of it speak to that too because it's like in the pictures you know, obviously these aren't pictures took like taken during like a horrible storm where right. it looks gray and terrifying and the waters are choppy, but like near the islands, like the water, like the waves are kind of coming in on the island and the waters are blue and it lo- obviously looks heckin' chilly, but like, cause I know where it is <laughs> geographically, <laughs> but like, I mean, I can imagine on a day like where the water is calm and you can see for miles like just sitting on the top of that lighthouse with a cup could of coffee peaceful. could be i mean yeah quiet and just hearing the waves like but then also absolutely terrifying if you flash forward to a december nor'easter storm and you are at the top only because everything below you is, is covered in water being destroyed by water yeah. that so <laughs> i i am not a huge fan of the ocean. I like the ocean, and when it comes to beaches and like getting in knee deep, um, <laughs> I am not a fan of expansive, scary places, aka the ocean depths and space. Not a fan. Don't don't wish to go explore either of those. Don't want to be an astronaut. Do not want to be a scuba diver. Which is um, so funny because those are like my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> I love space in the ocean. <laughs> My fiance wants to be an astronaut more than life itself. And I'm just like, no, I not would, okay with it. <laughs> I could have been such a great astronaut if I knew how to do math. <laughs> if I understood basic <laughs> physics, I would be at NASA right now. Like, <laughs> But those things terrify me. And I think it's for things like this. Because if I think about being at that lighthouse during a storm the helplessness that I automatically feel engulfed in, I'm sure compares very little to actually experiencing it, but I am already terrified. And just, I, I feel hopeless, I feel helpless, I feel doomed, <laughs> doomed. I, I, feel, 
I feel basically all sorts of bad things. The opposite of Boone. The opposite of Boone. <laughs> That's for Aaron. sure. Well, so to clarify, I don't love the idea of being stranded in open water. I don't think that the, there's many people who would say that. But like, and you know, and like, I would cage dive with sharks in a heartbeat. But like, I'm not gonna go free swim with a bunch of sharks. It does stress me out a little bit. But like, I I completely empathize and get with the idea of being. Out there, feeling like I'm out there by myself, especially before a storm, and knowing like I have no control. Like that's yeah. I think that's the thing when people have anxiety with like the ocean or space is like I'm in I am have so little right. control over my domain. Exactly. Like, like okay, so so let's take it back to your example of like sitting at a lighthouse with coffee and looking out on a clear day at all of that ocean. That sounds nice boon. to me. That sounds nice. It sounds like a boon. But if you replace like the lighthouse with a ship. And so you're in the middle of the ocean, and you just see clear out, and it's a clear day and nice. I am going to be crying on the floor somewhere. The <laughs> so no, Aaron does not want to go on a cruise. And Is you know what's funny? I've been on a cruise too. Um, I have, I have since that cruise, I have, I have changed my relationship with boats and water. Oh. I have. I have some issues with boats. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's... I mean, you you know some of those already. I there's yes. there's some stories of seasickness too that probably have something yeah. to do with that. But um, yeah. But for me, I I think even just thinking about the location of this lighthouse mm-hmm. and this desolate island already kind of engulf me in a little bit of anxiety. And so when I then learn on top of that, all of these things that happened there, yeah, I tend to lean more towards the, the negative feelings than the positive feelings that some people report, yeah. which also you keep bringing up sirens. And I think that that's the other part that freaks me out because sirens call you to them. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's a very negative thing, sirens make you want to be there and call to you and so it's like oh there's these positive feelings and families want to go to this island and want to be keepers of this lighthouse and then somebody dies from their family and the pattern repeats and repeats and it's literally like this lighthouse is a siren basically this is the list of all the keepers i have a list of all the keepers who have like maintained the lighthouse and their like assistants usually like they're not there by themselves yeah um, they have like a first or second assistant but like looking through all the years so starting in 1811 with benjamin wayne as the first like watch watcher that they have documented up until uh, mr ron schultz in 1959 Nobody mans the lighthouse for more than three years. Like, I can't imagine him doing it for one year. But, like, lots of these are one-year stints. And to be fair, I don't know much about the position of keeper. Um, Yeah, like, how would it work? Maybe they're usually not there usually but but there has also there was also one keeper who was there for years and lived past 90 on the island so it's not like it's always the case that somebody only stays for a short period of time i imagine maybe people feel isolated and don't want to stay with that job for a long period of time but also maybe you went into the wrong career if that's what yeah. you're going to feel well and i i was kind of i was interested to know like what several like because obviously some people live there with their families and i actually found a statement 
from um, from one of the journals kept. And so it says, despite the storms and hardships, several children and grandchildren loved their time on Boone Island. Mary Luther spent summers there with her grandfather, William C. Williams. <laughs> nice name. She did chores, roller skated on the island's boardwalk, searched tide pools, worshipped with the family every evening, and picnicked on Sundays. Ava Philbrick's father was an assistant keeper on Boone Island from 1913 to 1917, and Ava recalled, in, quote, in quotes, Sometimes I played alone on the rocks, and when there were a lot of seals, I'd make believe that that was my army. When a whale went by, spouting, I'd make believe that that was my submarine. And Harold Hutchins' daughter, Shirley Kelly, said, As a kid, it was my idea of paradise. There was always something to do on the island. We made kites and flew them any time, as there was always a breeze coming off the ocean. Like, that paints a completely different picture of what, right. like, I mean, obviously, like, it's important for, like, our research to go through the history of, like, why the lighthouse became necessary. Because there was obviously lots of wrecks, and this was a notable landmass that could really do damage, obviously, to a lot of ships if they didn't have a lighthouse to direct them. Like, don't come this way. Go around. Go around this little island. Because in some of the pictures, and obviously we'll post some. Um, on social media, but you can see how close the island, like to the, the mainland is to the island. So it's like, just go around this like little blurb. But I just find it interesting, like the idea that there are like families like living on here. And obviously we well, know some of the families lost yeah, loved ones. So I very quickly looked up just like in general, the lighthouse keeper job. <laughs> it's a job description <laughs> on in, on in, indeed's going to start Last flooding door. you. Um, no. <laughs> the algorithm's going to totally tweak. But one of the first things I saw, which I think is very relevant to this, is that typically lighthouse keeper jobs were passed down through family generations. So it makes sense that families would live on this island, and it makes sense that families would take over this role. The thing that stands out for Boone Island is that it is not staying within the same families. Different families Families. are coming and going because the families aren't staying, whereas in most cases the family generation stay. Yeah. And so it it changes hands, but stays within the same type of family. And that's not the case here. That's so true. So the families being there is not necessarily weird. It's that the families change The out. constant changing of the guard. Yeah, that is interesting. But because I was really speculating as like, so I because obviously I've never asked a lighthouse keeper what their daily duties were. Also, there's probably not that many people who are lighthouse keepers anymore. In the grand scheme. Because most of it is probably automated. And so lighthouse keeper is now probably more of like a maintenance person. Yeah. Or like checking on things. And But I was just thinking like, what did these, like the families do? Like they're by themselves on this island. So like kind of the picture of like children playing on the island was not something I was expecting to find in our research for this. Which again kind of goes back to this weird juxtaposition and duality of this of this island. So I think with all of this back and forth on speculation on something that like we had never researched or understood before. This was our first lighthouse. First lighthouse. Yeah. I think (laughs) it could bring us to our verdict. Which which is is honestly not haunted. wasn't sure i yeah i don't know i thought i really thought you were gonna say not haunted too yeah i i think it's haunted okay let me hear okay i think well since we're now starting to get into more consistent episodes where we disagree i always think like the one of us who thinks haunted should go first yeah so you go okay so so i actually think it's haunted because of something you said okay your metaphor of the siren is actually what convinced me oh because 
I feel like, like you said it, and then we were talking about other things, and then as I started to process what that meant and how it actually did apply to the island, I got really wrapped up in the idea of this place luring people there to, but, but luring them to tragedy. To their deaths. <laughs> and I don't necessarily know if when I say haunted, I believe in like one ghost or particular ghosts or anything, but I'm kind of feeling like the island itself is haunted by a history of tragedy and but see this it but it if you're saying it it's like what i said last week I like know. we don't know if it's haunted and it that's the thing like we talked about it last week we're not dealing in cold hard facts here but we do people in in that and that's also the kind of the cool thing about what we love about hauntings yeah. is that some person one person can go into a place and totally get the heebie-jeebie vibes of something yeah. and the other person can go and be like oh totally fine I think it totally depends on the location yeah. and the type of place and everything. And I think may- maybe my fear of the ocean has something to do yeah. with that. But, like, I keep thinking about this desolation and this idea of being lured to this place full of tragedy. And and for me, it just feels very heavy. Daunting. And, and for me, I'm like, let's get a cup of coffee instead of the top. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think I think that might that might just kind of be at the crux of, of where we, we feel differently. But, that makes sense. But what, what do you think about your not haunted? Yeah, project? it was, it was honestly like, I think I was, I was with you through all the shipwrecks. I was like, yeah, that could be, uh, I, I totally get that part of it. And even the story of Catherine and Luke and her yeah. possibly hanging around yeah. to protect others. You know what? I'm like, just going to say it. I believe in Catherine. Believe I believe in that Catherine? Catherine is saving people yeah. in the ocean. Okay, well that's fair. And then as I kind of started like I was became more interested on like what did people do like on there and I then I kind of said like oh, just having a cup of coffee, looking at the ocean, maybe seeing like a pot of whales go by, <laughs> like that sounds awesome to me (laughs) like and i get we have two different very very different pictures one of like horrible terrifying storms and one of watching seals play on the rocks i agree with you that that sounds great i just am also very aware of the other side of things yes and i guess for me i'm maybe uh latching on to the more ray of sunshine view (laughs) of this and maybe thinking like yeah, it might have a history of, of some very negative or dark events, but there's also been a lot of good that has happened from the lighthouse, yeah. too. Lots of boats have been directed to safety. That's true. Lots of, obviously, beautiful childhood memories from some of the people who lived on the island while their families worked for the lighthouse. So I guess that's why I'm thinking more not haunted in this case. But well, what do I know? And you know what? <laughs> I Thinking about it, I... I stick with everything I said, but I was also just thinking, and I would totally live on one of the Aran Islands off of the coast of Ireland. Those are a bit bigger than Boon Island, though. Maybe a few, maybe a, a Dollar General's there or something, <laughs> a store. <laughs> I don't think so. You're telling me that there's not a Dollar General? <laughs> I didn't see one. <laughs> well, I have to rethink this whole plan then. <laughs> Well, this this was great. Our first lighthouse. First lighthouse. I, I love that we're doing this Haunted America tour because we are finding so many weird, cool things in all parts of the country yeah. that I don't think we would have found necessarily if we weren't doing this. Never heard of before. I think, yeah, just complete things that catch us like completely by surprise and yeah. have opened up, especially when we find 
ones that are like are historical haunts that yes. are like oh wow like that's just that just trigger interesting memories or thoughts for us so super we fun. hope that you guys are having as much fun as we are doing all of this and we know like with you know obviously pandemic still happening but we know like the light is at the end of the tunnel for where we can start visiting maybe again someday Cannot soon wait. so our plan is to kind of finish this haunted america tour and then see what opportunities to visit locations kind of open up and we'll be back next week Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. What about Steve?